0: implementing math and literacy centers in your elementary classroom involves lots of papers tools printable activities and more staying organized is key to successfully implementing centers during your small group instruction so how do you keep all your centers organized so that you can easily plan prep and execute math and literacy centers in your small group block in today's episode i'm going to share tips for getting your centers organized so that you can calm the chaos and help you plan and prep with ease stay tuned Welcome to the Teaching Made Easy podcast, where it's all about simple systems that actually work so you can finally teach and give your students bigger impact in their learning. Teaching is hard, y'all, but what if I told you that sometimes we make it harder than it has to be? I'm Farah, CEO of Farrah Henley Education and host of the Teaching Made Easy podcast. I've been an educator for almost 25 years, and to say I've seen a thing or two is an understatement. I know how much you pour your heart and soul into your students and your classroom and I want to help you find some simple ways to have a bigger impact without breaking the bank or spending all your free time focused on school. You don't have to be a Pinterest teacher to be a great teacher, and that is what this podcast is all about. So grab your favorite beverage, head out on that walk, or just soak the day away in a bubble bath, but sit back and let's enter the world of teaching made easy. What's kicking educational rock stars? Welcome back to another episode of the Teaching Made Easy podcast. I'm Farah, the center fairy, your ultimate source into the wonderful world of simple classroom systems that actually work so that you can finally get back to what you love Teaching. If this is your first time joining me here on the podcast, welcome. I'm so glad you found us here on your favorite podcast listening platform and allowed us into your earbuds. And if you're a returning listener, welcome back and get ready for another episode of helpful tips and strategies to just, you know, make your teacher life easier. We try as teachers to be as organized as possible. We do this because it makes planning and prepping so much quicker and easier. There are so many wonderful storage options out there for your math and literacy centers, but today I'm gonna share some of my favorites and I'm also gonna share the ones that I have found to be the most helpful and easiest over the years. First, we need to talk about manipulatives. We have math manipulatives and literacy manipulatives that our students may need to use inside their centers. I personally only include manipulatives if absolutely necessary inside my centers because they often turn into toys and a distraction no matter how many times I go over the rules of using them. I usually reserve manipulatives for use at my small group table when the students are there with me in front of me. But regardless of where you use them, you're still gonna need to keep them organized and handy for when you're planning and prepping. Small plastic containers are best when it comes to storing manipulatives. And I like to grab containers that have you know those locking mechanisms on them so that the container, if it's dropped or it falls, then these small pieces aren't going to go everywhere. I see a lot of teachers using like open topped boxes for manipulatives, but that is like it makes my anxiety go through the roof because students are going to trip and fall and they're going to be everywhere. And it's just even a bigger distraction. Often you can find these small plastic containers like at places like Walmart or the Dollar Tree. But for convenience, I like to order them off Amazon and I'll get the like one to one and a half quart boxes with locking lids. And they are the perfect size for most manipulatives that you're going to have. I'm going to share some links to some of my favorite in the show notes. Now when your center activities aren't in use you have to store them somewhere because I remember a time when I had all these random center activities that I'd use just laying on shelves and some filing cabinets on my desk, all over the place. Literally. I mean, I can't be the only teacher. And if you're that teacher only a couple weeks into school now that (laughs) by the time that I'm recording this, that is like my desk already looks like a bomb blew up on it. Listen, I feel you. I totally get it. And the fact is, is that when it came time to plan and prep my centers for the week, I couldn't find anything. And I was often left having to just search my computer for the files, print them again, laminate them, cut them, you know the drill. And I, then I had like doubles of everything. I knew I had to have my centers organized so that I could easily find them when I was planning. But I also knew that it had to be a simple system. Otherwise, I wasn't going to keep up with it. When storing my centers that aren't in use, I use 12 by 12 iris boxes that are meant for scrapbook paper storage. I get these on Amazon as well. Um, I'm going to leave links into the show notes uh, so that you can find the ones that I use. And I like to have 12 for math and 12 for literacy. Although I didn't start this way because they came can be pricey, but they are worth it. I often waited for sales that would make them affordable and I could often find them at Michael's or Hobby Lobby as well. But again, even on Amazon, several times a year, they're gonna be on sale and you can find them pretty inexpensive. I labeled each one of the containers with the 12 months of the year. And again, I had one set for math and one set for literacy. Now these boxes became the home for my centers when they weren't in use. I stored the individual activities. According to the month, I was most likely going to be using that activity. I tried sorting things based on the skill, or based on the standard um, and so forth. And I found that I was having to pull too many boxes and it made it much more difficult. And the reality is, is if you're teaching a grade level, then you're usually going to be teaching that skill or putting that skill into centers around the same time. Um, it doesn't mean that there weren't often times where I went, hey, last year's group, this I, activity we were doing in October and this year I'm having to do it in November because I've got a, you know, a group that's behind. So it, it still happens, but not nearly as often. And it was way easier just to store them in the month, I was most likely going to be using that activity in. And then when it came time for planning, I just grabbed that month's box and I planned. Each week when I needed to switch out my centers, I could easily place the centers back into the monthly box and grab new ones. This also meant that if I was storing the boxes at home, because I didn't have very much space in my classroom, I only had to carry one box back and forth each month to school. Now if you're looking to get your centers organized, you can check out my free guide, Three Steps to Organizing Your Math and Literacy Centers, by clicking the link in the show notes. This is also going to get you on the wait list for the next time I open up enrollment for my Learning Centers Made Easy Masterclass, and I'm going to be sharing some great tips and resources for your literacy centers right into your inbox. Now that you have your monthly storage boxes taken care of, you're gonna need to figure out how you're going to store each individual activity inside that box. You know I like to keep it stinking simple. Each center activity is stored inside a Ziploc bag. Yes, a gallon Ziploc bag. It really is that simple. I print, laminate, cut each activity, and then place them inside the gallon plastic bag. Sometimes I use a smaller plastic bag, like the sandwich size, for smaller pieces to each activity just to keep them organized and together, but then it all goes in a gallon Ziploc bag. Inside that bag, I place the center cover that has the instructions and the standards, the game and all its pieces, and the exit sheets. I like to keep at least one exit sheet as the master inside the bag. You can take one of the exit sheets use a yellow highlighter, write master across it so your students know not to use that copy because when it goes into the centers that's also the bag that I put their copies of the exit sheet in for them to pull from. But if you write master across it they know not to use that one um, and you always have a master available for making copies. And Don't worry that yellow highlighter when you put it on the copy machine and make your copies it actually doesn't show up on the copies. Now that each activity has its own bag I place them in the monthly boxes like I said where I most likely will be using them. This bag is simple and easy to grab and place in each of the centers for students to use and when they clean up the activity they just place everything back in the bag. I get asked all the time why I use plastic bags and the simple answer is that they're easy to replace honestly if I need to replace them. I like to order them in bulk off Amazon or even my local restaurant supply store. That was a hack that I learned. Check your local restaurant supply store because they have the big boxes of the bags and they're often, I mean, they're not often, they are way cheaper to buy them in bulk than purchasing like, you know, 36 in a box at Walmart. So that's your that's your teacher hack. Then if I needed a new one because a bag got torn, I was not worried about trying to find a container that matched the other ones that I had or um, not having anything on hand because I had plenty of plastic bags. And I even taught my students how to replace it themselves. They knew where they were. They could go to the cabinet. My center bosses could just go grab a new one and switch it out. And I didn't even have to worry about it. Next step is putting the activities out for your students. I'm not gonna be sharing in this episode how I run my rotations. I have several blog posts and episodes on that but I am and I am also going to be talking about that really really soon but I am going to share how I put activities out into centers to keep them simple and organized. So each week when I'm planning and prepping centers for my students I grab the monthly box and I pull any activities that I'm going to be using. So I typically have five rotations with me at the teacher table being one of them which means I'm going to need four centers for independent activities. This means I'm going to need four centers for independent activities. I purchased four extra 12 by 12 iris boxes to use inside the student centers. I add the activities I pulled from the monthly box, place them, bag and all, inside the box that goes into the center. I also include any manipulatives or supplies like crayons, scissors, glue, or pencils that students might need for the activities. I like to add a little card just to the top of the box that is a simple list of the supplies I put in the box so that my center bosses make sure that all the items get back into the box at cleanup. Now at the beginning of center rotations, my center bosses will grab the box from the shelf where they're stored, take it to the proper location for that center, and at the end of center rotations, they just get returned back to the shelf and I can easily check them at the end of the day to make sure they're ready for the next day. On Friday, I have my center bosses place them on my teacher table so I can switch out the activities for next week. There are so many different ways you can organize your centers, rolling carts, file folder pocket charts, file folders, and a file cabinet, and the list goes on and on. But I can tell you that over 20 years, the tried and true have never failed me. And that was the Iris boxes and the plastic bags. Having one set for math and one set for literacy also means that you have lots of room to store our volume one and volume two center activities as well as our expansion packs that are coming out. Yay! And each one of those is gonna be plenty for your K-5 classroom throughout the year. Now, if you're looking for activities to use in your math and literacy centers that are going to help eliminate the interruptions at your small group table, check out those K-5 math and literacy centers inside our shop. I'm gonna leave a link in the show notes. Now, if you're looking for more tips, strategies, And simple systems take back into your classroom to make your teacher life easier. Check out the other episodes of the Teaching Made Easy podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and check the show notes for any links to any of the resources that I've mentioned in today's episode. If you haven't done so already, we would be extremely grateful if you would jump over to your favorite podcast listening platform and leave us a five star review because reviews help educational rock stars like you, my friend, find the podcast and help us have a greater impact on teaching teachers and students around the world. We also want to hear from you and would love it if you would shoot us a DM over on Instagram and let us know if you thought this episode was helpful. If it was, take a screenshot and share it on Instagram. Be sure to tag us at Farah Henley Education and tag your teacher bestie so they can benefit from the tips too. Thanks for listening and keep being an educational rock star. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening to today's episode. You can find all the links mentioned in today's episode by clicking the link in the description to jump over to the show notes. I know your time is valuable as a teacher, and I am honored that you chose to spend a piece of it with me. Help other teachers like you find the podcast by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast listening platform don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you get notified when new episodes are available. Thanks again for listening, and most importantly, keep being educational rock stars.